Hello, and welcome to day 40 of A Miserable Year. I am Anthony Adler, and I'm going to read the whole of Victor Hugo's Gargantuan Le Miserable of the course of 2018. That's the podcast. Today's episode is the start of the fifth section of the first volume of the novel, which means it's time for me to ask you guys a little favour. If you're enjoying my narration, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or so to rate the podcast, and just leave me a nice review on iTunes. Anyway, in today's episode we head to Montreal-Sumer, where a mysterious stranger is the talk of the town. Enjoy! Les Miserables, Volume 1, Fontaine, Book the Fifth, The Descent, Chapter 1, The History of a Progress in Black Glass Trinkets. And in the meantime, what had become of that mother, who, according to the people at Montfermeil, seemed to have abandoned her child? Where was she? What was she doing? After leaving her little cosette with the Thenadiers, she had continued her journey and had reached Montreal-sur-Mer. This, it will be remembered, was in 1818. Fontaine had quitted her province ten years before. Montreal-sur-Mer had changed its aspect, while Fontaine had been slowly descending from wretchedness to wretchedness. Her native town had prospered. About two years previously, one of those industrial facts which were the grand events of small districts had taken place. This detail is important, and we regard it as useful to develop it at length. We should almost say, to underline it. From time immemorial, Montreal-sur-Mer had had, for its special industry, the imitation of English jet and the black glass trinkets of Germany. This industry had always vegetated, on account of the high price of the raw material, which reacted on the manufacture. At the moment when Fontaine returned to Montreal-sur-Mer, an unheard of transformation had taken place in the production of black goods. Towards the close of 1815, a man, a stranger, had established himself in the town and had been inspired with the idea of substituting in this manufacture gumlac for resin and, for bracelets in particular, slides of sheet iron simply laid together for slides of soldered sheet iron. This very small change had effected a revolution. This very small change had, in fact, prodigiously reduced the cost of the raw material which had rendered it possible in the first place to raise the price of manufacture, a benefit to the country. In the second place, to improve the workmanship, an advantage to the consumer. In the third place, to sell it at a lower price, while trebling the profit, which was a benefit to the manufacturer. Thus three results ensued from one idea. In less than three years, the inventor of this process had become rich, which is good and had made everyone about him rich, which is better. He was a stranger in the department. Of his origin, nothing was known. Of the beginning of his career, very little. It was rumoured that he had come to town with very little money, a few hundred francs at most. It was from this lender capital, enlisted in the service of an ingenious idea, developed by method and thought, that he had drawn his own fortune and the fortune of the whole countryside. On his arrival at Montreal-sur-Mer, 
he had only the garments, the appearance, and the language of a working man. It appears that on the very day when he made his obscure entry into the little town of Montreal-sur-Mer, just at nightfall, on a December evening, knapsack on back and thorn club in hand, a large fire had broken out in the town hall. This man had rushed into the flames and saved, at the risk of his own life, two children, who belonged to the captain of the gendarmerie. This is why they had forgotten to ask him for his passport. Afterwards, they had learned his name. He was called Father Madeleine.